Game begin. Hey, Dagum Nerds fans, welcome to episode 77. In this episode, Trip and I actually make our first ever show, just the two of us. We swap dad stories, break out our inner video game philosopher, and just a bunch of fun shenanigans. So sit back and enjoy. All right, so Trip, I don't think we've been on an episode since season two together. No, no, I... um little fun fact, I went into greater detail in my little one-man show from uh, the previous recording. About Which was where impressive, by the way. I've been to. Well, J- just want to say. Thank you. I know you normally <laughs> just kind of go on by yourself and talk and talk and talk and talk, but it was nice to do that yeah. intentionally for once. It, so. it, was just, it was just a day in the life, except there was a <laughs> microphone recording this time. It was just, it was, yeah, that's pretty much all I do all day, every day, uh, much to my wife's chagrin. But uh, I went into greater detail uh, I, uh, last time I recorded, I just, I just trimmed everything down significantly <laughs> so that, um, I didn't bore everybody with my life. I, I listened to everything back and I was like, they're going to cut this thing off in 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, yeah. For anybody who didn't hear that, um, we've been out because of holidays and then we've been out because of vacation and then we've been out because of sickness. So, well, you and all of the dad ride. roster, uh, in yeah. fact, all of my kiddos are sick and I'm battling a cold nice. myself, but I was like, Ugh. you know what? I'm feeling well enough. Sickness isn't going to keep <laughs> us down again. So snotty nose or not, we're doing this episode. So snotty nose or snot. Yeah. Believe it or snot. I'm here. Believe I put the us and mucus. <laughs> oh God. Um, okay. But I've, I've got a fantastic Rowan story that I, I wanted to share. Um, Let me hear it. He's he's a little goofball, and he always loves to be in Gee, on a good laugh. I, I, where does beats, he get that beats from? Me, uh, I mean, obviously, must be skipped a generation because I'm no fun at all. Right. Uh, but he he was imitating Meredith. She had she had said something to me, which is often. She had said, "Oh hush," I had made some sort of snide comment, and uh, Rowan made an impression of her, and he was like, "Oh." hush and i just started dying i mean we were eating dinner and i'm gonna almost spewed food all over our little tiny house and the thing is is once he realizes he gets a laugh out of you i know he just repeat 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 and pre i mean he, yeah. he's gonna smash that that's that uh serotonin button until yeah, he doesn't get anything it's worth, all so all it's worth. what yeah. was funny though is he is he is staying at 110 percent just keeps going like oh hush and i'm and i'm I'm laughing and laughing until about the sixth time i was like yeah that's funny buddy and then i like i went back to what i was doing and so he then did one oh hush with no laugh and normally he would like get crestfallen and be like daddy what's wrong but instead (laughs) he like a performing professional was like he said this Daddy didn't laugh, so I'm gonna do it again. Oh really? hush! And then I, where I was in the room, I fell over flat and started laughing again because he literally was like, "Daddy didn't laugh. I'm gonna do it again." Oh hush! And I'm like, this guy, this kid's doing stand up at, at almost he had the three presence years of old mind to double down. Yeah. Oh no! I'm gonna make sure the nosebleeds can hear me. Oh hush! So, oh man, that's. That's funny. So that just, that reminds me of two quick things. 
Um, I know they're not the going to be other, quick, but I'd love to hear both. They are going to be quick, actually, because um, <laughs> I unfortunately my daughter learned a dirty word from me the other day. Oh, I was playing. I was playing PlayStation and it was ah. getting things were getting out of hand. And I didn't swear or anything like that, but I forgot she was there and that she was mimicking everything. And so I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, 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 crap. Oh, crap. And then I hear this little voice behind me go, quap. <laughs> like, like something out of a cartoon with a W and everything. She just goes, quap. <laughs> that sounds like now, some sort of like Looney Tunes. The good, yes, exactly. The good, the good news is, is that I don't think she is making connections with the words just yet because I haven't heard her say it again. I think she's just mimicking the noise. So uh. I, I, but but faith has been on me. She's like, you have got to watch what you say around her because she is, she is, she is repeating everything. A sponge and that can speak she, back. Uh-huh. And she said, quap. And then Faith just looked at me with giant eyes like, what did I tell you? I'm going to set you ablaze right now. And I'm sure Faith was like, don't um, listen. Daddy just sounds yeah. like a duck when he gets angry. Right. Quap. Right. <laughs> quap. 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 Aff, aff, quap. Wow. Now, yeah, I was going to say, now I've got the now I've got the Affleck duck stuck you, in my head. Based off of your grinder um, pump experience, you could use that kind of insurance. Aff, quap. Oh, man. Um, 15 minutes or more. <laughs> now I'm picturing, now I'm picturing like an, like a, like a rated R version of that, of those commercials where the, where the, where the Affleck duck is trying to create, is trying to clean my grinder pump and he's getting junk all over him. Cause usually he winds up like in a sling or something like that at the end of the, uh, of the commercial. It wouldn't be rated R. It would be rated PP 13. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Anyway, the other one is real quick that Faith kept trying to get Hattie to eat a bite of sweet potato tonight. And she did. I don't remember what happened, but she made me laugh. And so when Hattie saw me laugh, she goes, ha, 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 ha. And while her mouth was wide open, Faith went, Wonk, and shoved it in her mouth. Not yet. The it things real, you it was, do. It was, it was slick, man. Like Hattie, she just took the broad side of the, of the fork and just got right here at the corner of her mouth while it was wide open and just slid it across her lips so that it, f it fell into her mouth. It was, it was, uh, it was definitely a, like a really impressive mom moment. Oh, listen, the machinations you have to employ as a parent to get the your kids to eat some. Oh, that's what they are. But you have to yeah. be careful because once you do it, you may have to then continually do it because now it's a game. Because I made the mistake once. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to get this kid to eat his chickpeas. And so, yeah. uh, you know, he, the chickpeas, he doesn't want to eat them, but if I want to eat them all of a sudden, yeah. these things are the cat's meow. Yeah. So I pretended this game, like, Oh, I'm going to eat your chickpeas. And then I come at it like a crocodile and then he'll just, Oh, before I can get it. And now it's, Oh, now he's depriving daddy of chickpeas. Now you gotta do it every time. Uh, uh, but uh, now I can't eat yeah. in peace because he'll look at me and go, daddy, do you want my chickpeas? And I'll be like, no, I want my food, but he won't eat it unless I, I go after at it. That is not something I've ever been successful with, uh, with Hattie. Uh, Hattie, Hattie knows better. I go, Oh, look what I got. And I'll take a bite of like a chicken finger or whatever is on her plate. And she just stares at me like, mm -mm, I'm not falling for it. Like, like okay eat it i don't I, clearly i don't want it so he's like well that's why, one less bite why, i have to deal why, with why are you making so much eye contact while you eat my food <laughs> <laughs> things you can do with your kids but can never do with a friend <laughs> right right <laughs>
eye contact while eating chicken fingers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to say it was a comedian who he said, like, most everything in life becomes infinitely more awkward with eye contact. And he was like, name something <laughs> that true. isn't more awkward if you don't That's break true. eye contact. That's true. Because he, he was like, watched- he was he was like, pay for groceries without breaking eye contact. And you tell me if that will not be the most That's awkward right. experience at Publix. This is where shopping is a pleasure. Yeah. Um, have you ever watched that show Hot Ones? No. Is that a Netflix it's- show? No, it's a YouTube show. It's a okay. it's a celebrity interview show where they eat progressively spicier hot wings. And oh, I've heard of this. Yes, yes. And was it, it Jimmy phenomenal. Fallon that started it? No, or wasn't no, it, it was a segment a, on a show and then it became a YouTube channel? No, it was a YouTube channel first, and then they they got so big that they were they got a they got a couple segments on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah, they don't do it all the time, but um, uh, yeah. So you eat ten wings starts off mild by the end of it. Like you're lucky if you don't, if you don't erupt from both ends, oh. uh, because it's, it's, it's like, it's painful. And the hot, the the hot idea, squirts. Yeah. Not only, <laughs> yeah. Bubble guts. <laughs> not only do you, not only do you end up, um, uh, getting to watch a bunch of celebrities be very uncomfortable and get to watch them kind of have a human moment, but the, the spice does something to your brain uh, where you just, well, not like it doesn't make you hallucinate so much, but like they're so focused on trying to, mm. to deal with the spice that they pretty much will answer anything honestly because their brain power is not directed towards guarding themselves emotionally. <laughs> it, I mean, well, it, and I bet you there is science behind that because once you get put yeah. into that fight or flight triggering, you, yeah. you, you just, the filters are gone. Exactly. So there that, you go. Huh. Exactly. So there's so the some science being, behind the, you know, the point, yeah, keep going, keep going. Well, I mean, at that point, you really just start to wing it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so what, what I don't understand, I'll get back to my original point in just a second. What I don't understand is how you're actually able to carry on a conversation while trying to figure out a pun. I don't know if they just come to you now. Like if it's, if it's just divinely delivered at your doorstep or if you actually have like a separate set of gears and cogs in the back of your head that's cranking all this stuff out because i can i cannot multitask like that i cannot walk and chew gum have a conversation and then try to think about what i'm going to say next while i'm already on the the current topic oh i mean that was clear in the last episode so i i'm not going to disagree with you you suck um the but um the point being about okay back to eye contact that's just that that made me laugh because there is an episode with kevin hart and they get to the last wing and kevin goes i'm not doing it first you do it first like because he's sweating he's taking off his jacket he took off his sunglasses and he goes okay you you eat it first you eat it first and so the guy sean the host just takes a, a huge bite and is looking directly at Kevin Hart <laughs> while he does it. Kevin Hart bursts out laughing and goes, why you got to make so much eye contact? <laughs> yeah. And wings anyway. aren't necessarily a food you can eat with much grace. I mean, you're going to look no, like a caveman no. eating a wing. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're exactly. you are gnawing on a bone. I mean, you're just one step there, removed from a dog. You know, that's honestly that is part of why I love it. I feel just a little oh, bit like a caveman. <laughs> I, I love it, but I have a technique where I only use one hand, and part of that is I think one of my irrational fears 
is needing to grab a sauce bottle or my drink and have a messy hand. So like <laughs> I, I have perfected the art of eating wings with one hand. So I always have a sauceless hand to do my bidding. Should I need okay. something at the table? Okay. So See, I was going to say, I was going to, I was going to make a joke and ask if that other hand was for like maybe an adult beverage or something, but um, I'm, no. I'm partially right. It's, it's, it could be for an adult beverage. Well, or any but, beverage. but mostly just a beverage. I mean, I'm the guy that just, you know, drinks a copious amount of root beer with my wings. Yeah. Cause I'm like, if oh, I'm already going to make an unhealthy you. choice, I'm going to follow it up with an unhealthy right. drink. Like, yeah. Get it done go all there, at once. Go home. Yeah. I'm not mixing this with a salad and some sparkling water. No. No. Um, my my kidneys actually, are going to feel it all at once. That's right. Oh, God. Not just your <laughs> kidneys, man. Well, True. I guess it depends on how hot the sauce is. <laughs> um, so we, uh, I have actually tried um, the sauces on that are that are featured on hot ones because you can get them in a subscription and i don't have one a sauce but my dad does yeah and over the um over the holidays he showed me all the stuff that he had collected and my god <laughs> dude um well there, there there's was, a point where you're like okay wh where is this no longer a flavor in just liquid pain you know, like, oh, this gets you, uh, this gets you to pain in 0.3 yeah. seconds versus this, this gets bottle, you to pain yeah. for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's insane. Um, it, it was just, I took a, I took a, a sip. I don't know what, what you, what you would call it. I, I put a drop on the a end dab. of my finger and I ate one, a dab. I took a dab and, um, within, you know, five seconds, I just went, that's just mean. Like it, it doesn't, it's not good. It's not good. I mean, I picked up notes of garlic and that was it. And everything else, it literally felt like I had a million tiny little pins just sticking me in the face and in the, and in the back of the throat. And it's fascinating it was, how it, it's, it's all an illusion. Cause even though yeah. your mouth feels like it's on fire, a majority of, of the oils aren't actually harming you at all. There's some that will. And I mean, they can right. kill paint off of things, but right. most of the time it's just your brain tricking you. And so yeah. it's, it's the same thing that's happening with cool mint gum, except that's a pleasurable uh, yeah. illusion is that, yeah, Oh, my mouth is cold. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it, it's a fascinating science that you should, it's fun to look up, especially I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the person's name, but I mean, they even have a scale of hotness, like for peppers. The Scoville. The Scoville, that's the it, yeah. Scale. Yeah, and yeah, this uh, was this was well over two million. Oh. So it was, oh, it was bad, man. It was bad. Um, and the funny thing was, is that after I had tried it, I wanted to share it with everybody because <laughs> I didn't want to be the only one who oh, had well, gone through this. That's the whole point so of hot sauce, right? Is you yes. need other people to to enjoy the pain with you, like that. Like Watching it, other people, it's a wiggle. bonding thing. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, that's why we watch shows of other people yeah. losing their. I mean, that's why the ghost pepper exactly. challenge was such a huge thing on YouTube. That's is, true. Yeah, it, it's the camaraderie. What else, what else was it? This the cinnamon challenge. Well, that was and, just straight up dangerous because, I mean, that, people did not realize like, no, you can actually like go into cardiac arrest if you do this wrong. I don't think too many people got that far, man. <laughs> like oh, most that, people put that in their mouths and just. <clears throat> no, I mean, depending what else on was it the. Keep going. Keep going. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, I mean, there, there was people who got messed up because of the cinnamon challenge. And I can't imagine. I mean, I'm sure ER people deal with all kinds of crap, but I can't imagine being like, so That's what true. happened? Oh, 
he tried to film himself eating a pound of garlic of, of cinnamon. That's a, what? That's a good, that's a good point. I, I wonder how many doctors and ER uh, employees hate the internet. Oh, I'm sure because, they hate TikTok trends. Yeah. The cinnamon challenge and the ghost pepper challenge and uh, the, the gallon of milk challenge. I don't know. Is it job security in a way? In a way, Maybe are so. they excited? Maybe so. The Tide Pods. The Tide Pod challenge. Oh. Uh, I don't even know if that, if that was a challenge or if it was just a bunch of idiots going, oh, look what we can do. They're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to follow up on something that you made, uh, a comment that you made in the last episode that I've been thinking on, and it was yeah. how much is too much for a video game? Because I was okay. listening in on you and going, 400 hours? Yeah. And yeah. then when you broke it down to, you know, that's, that's 17.666 repeating days. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a ridiculous amount of time. And, yeah. but at the same time, I have games that I'm sure I have put in that much time. I mean, super smash brothers, I've easily yeah. put in that and then some, and then sure. uh, probably breath of the wild. I've, if not 400, okay. I've probably reached about three. Um, okay. cause I've played through multiple times and I was that guy who went and collected all the core seeds. And so I think it ultimately comes down to, and, uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to, to Darth Morgoth's very well-reasoned, uh, discord comment, but I think it comes down to at what point does it just become wash, rinse, repeat? Like, that's why I yeah, can't stand exactly. a majority of the Assassin's Creed games is all even though it's, it's the, got, yeah a great 15 hours of story. It's then, yeah. Oh, go assassinate this person and get this much gold. Oh, infiltrate this guard house and get this much gold. Like, so even yeah. though the algorithms make it seem like they're all unique side quests, you're like, no, like you changed one digit in, in the code to make it yeah. a unique side quest. And then it just, it yeah. feels like same old, same old after a while. And so if it's 400 unique hours, then you know, good yeah. on you. But it yeah. seems like to me, it's going to be, oh, go collect this bracelet series of which there are 100 yeah. and you run through the same streets and then you have to go collect the tennis shoes of yeah. raw. Like there just comes mm -hmm. a point where you're just fetching pointless things for completionist exactly. sake. So yeah. if it's unique game hours, which I'll give Skyrim that, I know a lot of people will give it crap of you just go underground so often, but I feel like at least the side quests themselves, there's enough uniqueness in them that even if the dungeons start to feel washer and repeat, there's at least right. enough narrative variance that it's not just, Oh, another person got robbed. Go do this. They, they put at least yeah. an attempt into it. Yeah. And, and I'm sure Dying Light 2 will, so for anybody who didn't listen, yeah, basically the, the, the upcoming game Dying Light 2 was bragging about having like four to 500 hours of gameplay in it. And then people had a huge backlash and said, well, wait, how long does it take to basically finish the campaign? Campaign's only like 20 something hours, but you can log 400 hours doing a bunch of other stuff in the game. Um, and I'm sure based on what Dying Light, the first Dying Light was, there will be like a lot of dead drops that you've got to go get. Ah. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like um, uh, 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 first aid kits and supplies that have been dropped out by the government or something like that. Oh, or, I thought you were talking about you know, a zombie pooping. No, <laughs> no. That's a, that's a dead drop. <laughs> what did you call it? A zombie what? A zombie pooping. It's a dead drop. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm six years old. Oh my old. gosh. 
Oh my god! This is what happens when we don't see each other in this now. long trip. It just yeah. descends into. Oh, that was so stupid. <laughs> that was so stupid. Um, so I'm sure there will be lots of like, okay, go grab this this widget and bring it back, or hey, we need you to deliver this to this guy, or like an esc- mm. escort mission or something like that. I sincerely doubt it will be 400 unique hours. Okay. For me personally, um. I, what has always driven me, and I, I think I may be the atypical gamer, or at least maybe I'm, I'm, I definitely don't fit in with like what younger gamers I think want at the moment, which is all about online multiplayer and stuff like that. I much prefer single player campaigns that are story driven. I, well, play I don't a game think you're alone in that. OK, uh, fair I, enough. I, I mean, I know Aaron's in that camp. I, I can think of several people that are they're like, man, I miss the games that I could just immerse myself and right. I will say a majority of them are introverts and they aren't uh. super, they aren't super young. So they grew up with that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm not thought so about maybe, f- maybe for my demographic, I'm, I'm right on track with everybody else. I don't know. Um, but like for me, it's, it's not been so much about the social aspect of it. I, I don't mind. I, I think I am introverted, but I don't mind playing online, but like call of duty and stuff like that. I have always sucked out loud at, I have gotten my butt handed to me on <laughs> yeah. a silver platter so many times mm-hmm. that I just gave up and said, what's the point. But ultimately I play a game for the same reason that I read a book or watch a movie or watch a really awesome TV show is I want to get invested and I want to see how everything plays out. Mm-hmm. So if there is a 400 hour game that makes me feel like like I am contributing to a world that I could get it that I, I you know I care about there's a story that I care about bring it on um mm-hmm. but um other than that my my other question was like so what and you I guess maybe we've already touched on it a little bit but what separates a 400 hour single player campaign or a single player game in this case from like say an MMORPG like World of Warcraft where you can well you i mean to, to me it's the variety you know? i mean the the reason mm-hmm. i think i think there's two reasons a lot of people like the MMOs and that's when you get into the questing and going on raids like you've got a friend group that can rotate depending on who's online and so even though you may be doing the exact same action if you do it with a different crew a different squad it can play out completely differently depending on play styles and personalities and if someone is hung over or not. Um, <laughs> and, and, but Whether then you got Leroy Jenkins in your party, <laughs> but, but, but then I think more and more of the, the live, you know, MMO games are purposely getting into like short format, uh, like they're lessening the amount of time before you get that reward. I mean, it's the winner, winner, chicken dinner mentality. Like you play for the addiction of getting that 10 seconds of fame for bragging rights. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, like you just, you just, Oh, I got to play one more round because I too could be the winner, winner, chicken dinner. And I mean, I think that's everyone is just going for that high. Like even if they absolutely hate the process, because I mean, you've heard the swear words and profanities fly playing those games. And I mean, I I think it's, it's moving from being story-based to almost that chemical high that everyone's chasing. Cause I mean, even, even from a camaraderie, I mean, there's still games out there where, you know, you can squat up and and have your posse and and have your chat, but more often than not now you're still maybe lone Mike just playing by yourself. Mm. 
Even so, even though it's an MMO, you're you're still tragically alone playing by, <laughs> playing <laughs> by yourself for yourself. Um, okay. But the reason I, I I think it's it all comes down to variety, and so okay. that what's gonna it, why I think games like Breath of the Wild, even though you can make the argument like oh core exceeds just a pointless pointless fetch quest. The reason yeah. I still loved every hour I put into what again probably was a pointless fetch quest is that I got to explore the entire world again, like top to bottom. And it's and okay. it was beautifully made. So like it was an enjoyable experience to do so because in that questing, I actually found areas that I had never even found during the campaign or okay. all the side quests. And I was like, oh, I didn't know this cave was here. Oh yeah. wow, this is a neat little side bay. This is okay. so neat. And I never would have looked at it had I not gone on that quest. So it, it, as long okay. as there is variance and there is joy to be brought, uh, to be found in the journey, not just the destination, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think the hours will fly by. I felt that way about uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm. Um, not quite. The, to this, not not quite because of the same reasons that you just listed with Breath of the Wild, but what they did in that game was build a world like like you could totally see it playing out like that. Um, mm-hmm. They were not. It was immersive. They were not. Yes, but it was not scripted. Uh, some of the stuff mm-hmm. that you would come across would have nothing to do with a side quest. It would have nothing to do with the main campaign. It would have nothing to do with any really underlying story. But if you just said, I want to go see what's on top of that mountain, you may come across a, you may come across a, um, what do they call it? Environmental storytelling. Mm. Uh, so you may come across a cabin and you walk in the cabin and go, Oh my God, what happened here? And you know, like this, this actually happened. He walks in Again, it doesn't play out as a cinematic. It doesn't play out as a movie or anything like that. But you hear your character walk in and there's this massacre that has happened. And if you want, you can walk around and figure out what happened. And and you figure out that this was the case of a scorned lover. And, oh, wow. Uh, it ended. Yeah, it ended in tragedy. And so and there's but there's lots of other stuff. There's lots of funny stuff. There's conversations that you, that can be had. There's I don't understand why it happened. I don't understand why they put this in there, if this is a joke or something like that. But at the beginning of the game, you're walking around and you can go from town to town and you may or may not see this character walking around calling for his friend, Gavin. Gavin! (laughs) Gavin! And you can interact with him. He goes, have you seen my friend, Gavin? He's always wandering off. That's just his shtick. Every time you see him, he's still (laughs) looking for Gavin. And without giving anything away, about seven years go by in the game, and then you find him yet again seven years later. His clothes are torn, his hat's beat up, his beard is longer. He's still looking for Gavin. And it's it's things like that where you go, like, what can be discovered in this this world that mm-hmm. has absolutely not that I would never find out if I just stuck to the campaign. Stuff like that I like. Now, it sounds like what you're saying about Breath of the Wild, like, hey, I didn't know this cave was here and stuff like that. Like, it, I I like stuff that just at least connects to the character, I, you know, because oh, well, I'm trying and, to think of a way to put it. There, it's not... I mean, the, there's nothing that's going to make you necessarily find out more about Link's timeline. I mean, that pretty much is the campaign. Um, but you will okay. discover characters along the way that have those quirks. Like, if you're at okay. this day okay, at cool. midnight... 
this fisherman appears has no bearance on the story doesn't even result in a side quest but it's just a fun little easter egg i mean to me okay. the moment that breath of the wild had me sold on like ah, th- this game is awesome was at night i was just wandering around the overworld and i saw this beam of light that looked like it was miles away and mm-hmm. then you follow it and then it's almost like a, a miyazaki like princess mononoke moment to where you go through this cave and then you see like a spirit of the forest uh yeah. I mean, it looks like a, a deer giant deer antlers horse beast and like it like all the music goes away and it's just you and <gasps> your horse and and the thing is like if you scare it it just everything disappears in an instant so i mean it's just like this this almost sacred paper thin moment that you can enjoy mm-hmm. and if you rush at it it'll dissipate but if you play your cards right, you can end up riding it. It's this really cool, special thing. Um, but it's just awesome. moments like that. Again, no bearing on the main story. It's just okay. you can tell that someone or some team was told, hey, we want you to create this kind of event. Yeah. Put some time and energy into it. And I mean, you know, it, it does take manpower to put in yeah. the creative thought to do that. And yeah. you know, Nintendo has it in spades. Uh, but yeah. that's what will keep me going back into it because I'm like, well, gosh, awesome. if this happened, what am yeah. I not seeing on this side of the map? So that's awesome. Variety, so that variety. Gives- and uh, I'm trying to think if I could distill what makes, what makes 400 hours, not the same as another 400 hours. And I'm going right. to say it, it comes down to either variety or camaraderie. So it's okay. either the game offers enough variation that it keeps you guessing or you, it, it is so conducive to hanging out with friends that you go back and back and back and back and back, which to me was Smash Brothers. I like that. I like that. Now, Smash Brothers makes perfect sense. Like, I don't even think of that in terms of hours logged because it's so it's so it's so socially social centric. It's so mm. uh, it's so um uh, you almost have to play it with friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so. It, I mean, it, that's it's that's the that's the gimmick. It's it's supposed to be played with friends. Um, honestly, if you play, well, I'm not going. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, if you just, I'll put it this way: playing a game that could that could um, that could house up to four players by myself made me feel very lonely. <laughs> it was like I walked down. I was walking through the frozen food section one time at Target uh, back when I was like in my mid twenties, was before I'd ever met Faith, and there was a section that said dinners for one, and I was like. <laughs> Thanks, Target, for reminding me how single I am. <laughs> uh, dinners for oh, one. Man. Is it like reheatable soup? One. Yeah. I mean. Right. Yeah. Listen, I loved it when I when I, I cooked meals. Like I, I had friends who complained like, oh, it's so hard to cook for one. I was like, listen, I make soup once and then I eat it for a week. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I say that. I'm, I'm with you there. I never understood why anybody complained about that because you just have leftovers. Like, shut up. <laughs> you cook once and it's a recipe for four. Yeah, that as long you as what you initially meals. cooked was good, yeah. then you're yes, just going to keep exactly. harvesting. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just, those, those people can go, they can go jumping off a lake. Jump off a lake, jump off a bridge, <laughs> jump in, they jump can go jump in the off lake. Off of the lake. Off of the lake. So really the only person in history capable of doing what you said is Jesus. And and for a little bit, Peter. Peter. For, for a brief moment. <laughs> yeah, and then he started looking at the lightning and was like- Actually, I guess yeah. in a sense, Peter jumped off a lake. <laughs> That's 
Oh, he kind of did. He jumped off and in, didn't he? He jumped off okay. the lake. So <laughs> there you go, Peter. Pumpkin eater. All right. So we were talking uh, before we started recording that Netflix has really thrown, they've really invested in video game properties uh, to turn into television shows yes. or uh, films. Yep. And um, I mean, everyone's heard were, me talk about Arcane. I mean, I, I will go on that yes. soapbox again because it is worth mentioning. Stop and am, this podcast and go watch it right now. I am going to go. I am going to watch it eventually. Um, I started. Um, I started the first episode like several weeks ago. <laughs> I got like <laughs> ten minutes into it, and then something happened with the kids, and I had to turn it off. And then I just haven't gone back to it. Um, but you were surprised to hear, uh, among many many other things that we'll get into, that there's a Cuphead show coming to Netflix. Wait, Cuphead. Yeah, yes. Cuphead is coming to yeah. Netflix, and I'm thinking, first off, excellent game. I don't think I've, I've seen a game in recent history that owned its art style unabashedly. Like yeah. an art style <laughs> that should not work, but yet they do it right. to perfection. Um, right. And is ridiculously difficult from what I've heard everyone who's played it. I will, I will, so I will admit, it. I have not played it, but I, have, I, I pulled an Andrew and I watched it. Because I had heard okay. way too many good things about it. So I watched gameplay and everything okay. from the music to the character style to how seemingly it seems the bosses are so hard. I mean, again, yeah. I, I watched, I didn't play. Um, right. But, yeah. If you're watching a playthrough, obviously they're going to beat it unless it's like a let's play and you get to get some <laughs> sort of sick joy out of watching them fail over and over and over again. Yeah. If you're watching a walkthrough or a playthrough, they're probably, they're probably going to win. So probably hard to figure out what the level of difficulty so, is. So when I hear show, I'm thinking, so are you going to just do, is it just going to feel like a bunch of cinematics stitched together? Like, is it going to right. be that same style or are you going to do something 3d so that it yeah. feels like a different medium? But then if you do it no. 3d, is it no longer cuphead? You're not sticking to the original. <laughs> yes. So it is, it is 2d animation. It okay. does look pretty much exactly like the game. Um, I'm looking at the synopsis. It comes out, it comes out February eighteenth. Oh. Uh, we're recording. We're recording this. We're recording this on the first, just for anybody who wants to know, because it, it may very well already be out by the time you listen to this. Um, <laughs> and the the synopsis says: Follow the misadventures of the impulsive Cuphead and his easily swayed brother Mugman, <laughs> and in this Mugman. animated series based on the hit video game. So I don't really know a lot about it, except that Wayne Brady is one of the voices. Wayne uh, Brady, which is yeah, yeah. From whose line is He's, it anyway? Yeah, he's actually got a fairly extensive uh, voiceover record. You, this if, if you I did not bored, know. Take a look at his IMDb. Yeah, he's been on uh, Batman Beyond and uh, the Justice League cu cartoon and several other things. Huh. So here's, here's I guess, before we go any further, this is part of why I brought this up is because I wanted to dovetail off of a, something I said in the last episode, mm -hmm. which was... What is going to make a good video game property? Now, I know nothing about Cuphead, but I made the point about Rampage with The Rock that there's almost no storyline whatsoever in there. So I thought that actually made it a great property to bring to the screen because you could write whatever you wanted. And because people don't have any preconceived notions about the property, you can't disappoint them, at least where the story is concerned. Now, Lord of the Rings, The Witcher, other stuff like that, mm -hmm. most definitely. There's like high expectations. So I guess my question is, is 
like out of everything that they have coming, they've got Pokemon, uh, uh, an Angry Birds, a Cyberpunk, a Sonic, an Assassin's Creed, Beyond Good and Evil, if anybody else uh, has hmm. uh, is familiar with that. Devil May Cry, Splinter Cell, so many others. Is Legend what of Zelda is, still on that list? Uh, yes, to the best of my knowledge, as is Dragon's Lair. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, and Re Resident Evil and Tomb Raider. A lot of these are going to be animated, like Splinter Cell is supposed to be animated. I'm not wild about that. Okay. Um, but so with I think we've got a lot to kind of unpack there where we go, what what is going to make a video game transition to the big screen or the small screen in this case mm -hmm. successful? Um, what expectations are people going to have about the property that if you don't rise to meet them is going to make people angry? Well, I think first off you don't, I think that trying to jump mediums is mm -hmm. jumping the shark. Mm. So I think that even though Michael Fassbender was an okay choice for the Assassin's Creed movie, I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, part of me doesn't want to see this live action because so many things in a video game are so fantastical that mm -hmm. when you then try to make it live action, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, actually, now that you describe it to me, that kind of sounds stupid. Like, can you yeah. imagine a live action cuphead to where you're like, well, you know, in no. 2D, an anaphomorphic cup going on yeah. adventures with his his anaphomorphic mug brother that sounds yeah. kind of fanciful and whimsical and I could get on board yeah. with that. But, but it's kind of like when, when they first came out with the realistic looking Sonic, the hedgehog, mm -hmm. remember uh, what a like crime against your eyeballs that was. Yeah. And they're like, well, we were trying to do a live, what a, a hedgehog would look like. We're like, by making him look like he did meth. Yeah. Like it, was, it, it looks like Lion <laughs> King live action, right. except the right. crack meth head version. Like, crack. Yeah. so yeah. like you almost do it a disservice when you jump mediums. I think mm -hmm. that's why things like arcane are a superlative because they're like, you know yeah. what? This was originally in this medium. We can modify by doing a slightly different form of 3d, but mm -hmm. we're not going to do a live action. I think the same thing needs to be done with video games to where I know you said okay. I'm disappointed some of these are animated, but I think it is the best medium to still have that suspension of disbelief because the moment you see animation, okay. you have a different set of expectations of what yeah, you're yes, about to there see. There are so many things you can get. I've said that for years, and it's actually really refreshing to hear you say that. You can get away with so many things in a cartoon just because it's a cartoon. Oh, it puts you like, in a different frame yeah. of mind, pun yes, intended. yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and I think if Netflix is going to do this right, I I think they are going to continue. And, and, and this is my argument with the Disney live action. So get ready for shots fired. I think I think <laughs> it's a lose lose because okay. it's not going to cater to the nostalgia that people have. Mm -hmm. I mean, my wife loves Beauty and the Beast and she is she tolerates the live action. And okay. mostly is because no one is going to be Angela Lansbury singing, you know, yeah. Tale as old as yeah. time. Beauty of the beast. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, like it, you just, you're not going to reach that same level. Right. In addition, right. you're never going to make the right casting choice. You may make yeah, a inspired exactly. casting choice, yes. but it's never yes, going good. to be the character you came to yeah. know after playing 40 hours. And then that right. leads me to my last thing is I think the reason video game movies fail 
is because in a video game, even if it's a quick campaign, you have spent mm-hmm. eight hours getting to know a character. That's true. How that's are true. you going to effectively condense that into two? And, yeah. and I think that's why a majority of them fail. Whereas a series, yes. which, which I, yes. I will say to Netflix's credit, sounds like a majority of these are series, I think a is a much better are, medium yeah. because in a way you are getting to experience this at the same pace at which you mm-hmm. played it. Now, the argument can then be said, okay, well, what about people that didn't play the games? What about someone like my wife who's just coming into it? Right, right. And I think they have to be story first, character second. Yeah. Because so often- I completely agree with that. So often the crime is they go, oh, let's have this character do the thing. And and all the people who didn't play the game are like, wait, what just- okay, everyone else is cheering. I kind of feel lost. Um, right. I right. feel like That's I was supposed point. to be excited. Yeah. Whereas That's a great point. Yeah. And, and I'm just going to bring up Arcade again because I feel like it's one of the only properties that has done it right. right. They didn't do the thing until like 80% of the way through the season. They focused okay. on backstory and getting you to connect with the story and okay. and the, the individual character. So when I okay. said character second, I mean, I like if you're going to do a uh assassin's creed series right i like i i need to actually care about Ezio first before you right. put him in the suit and have him do the knife thingy you know he did the right. thing <laughs> like just right. yeah i need to yeah. care about him as a little boy or, or something else um yeah so it, it, anyway that's that's my hot take that's a great point. That's I think you hit on a bunch of great points there. Just incidentally, uh, uh, doubling back for just a second, talking about Beauty and the Beast live action versus animation. Mm-hmm. The biggest disappointment for me in that live action was LeFou. I'm sorry. <laughs> the only reason Josh Gad held down that role is because everybody loved him as Olaf. And like they're like, let's see what other money we can make off of him. Um, but my favorite part of that whole animated movie is when LeFou strikes up the band too early and Gaston takes the tuba... <laughs> and shoves it on his head. He goes, not yet. And his tiny little lips come out through the mouthpiece and he goes, sorry. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. You can do an Yeah, you can do an animation if they did that live yeah. action. You'd be like, that's It'd a thing weird. of nightmares. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It is the thing of nightmares because like, um, look at um, look at the uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit at the end of it when when Christopher Lloyd was yes. revealed to be a tune. Oh my gosh. It was too weird. So they they treated it like they treated it like nightmare fuel. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so so getting back on on topic, part part of my perceived issue with these kinds of um these kinds of properties is the same that I think superhero movies were in. 20 years ago, um, mm. where like, you know, they, there were movie companies that owned rights to certain properties and they only made the movies to hold on to the rights or uh, for a quick cash yeah. grab. Mm-hmm. Like fantastic four is a great example of oh. that. You know, the Fox, Fox had, Fox had the the rights to that stuff mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> and use it or lose it. <laughs> the, it was terrible. Yes. And, and I mean, they made, uh, they made a, uh, a film in the nineties and then they made one in the early two thousands. That was, I thought pretty good. I mean, a lot of people hated it. Um, and it, I, but that was either way. It was like the success it had was a fluke because the second one came out and just stunk out loud. Yeah. Um, so people were not treating these things with the, which blows my mind because you have such a re a, such a rich vein of lore that you can tap into. Like in my mind, 
the writer's job, heck, most of the, the director and the storyboard artist's job is done with comic book movies because mm. the source material you're pulling from already has stuff that um, that you can pull from. And, you know, if you just sort of made a shot for shot remake, it would make people happy. But for whatever reason now, it's not that's not the case as much anymore uh, with Marvel and, and to some extent, D.C., they're doing a better job of of getting um, of doing things that make the properties unique for for the big screen while also doing that fan service. Um, where was I going with that? So but the point being is that people for a long time there felt like they just needed to, I don't know, do market research and go, well, this is what the kids want these days. So let's just <laughs> let's just crank out this hot turd and see how many tickets that we sell. Yep. Mm hmm. But I feel like we are. On, I feel like we're on the advent of video game properties becoming the new comic book properties. Like we are slowly starting hmm. to see far more success with video game properties than we have before. Now there's still fewer and further between. But like you take an, if you look at, I'm trying to think of like a more recent example. So if you look at Assassin's Creed that came out five or six years ago. And the Mortal Kombat movie that came out just a year or so ago. Mm -hmm. Both of them sucked, if you ask me. Oh. But Mortal Kombat was not nearly the mess that Assassin's Creed was. Rampage, in my mind, was good. Detective Pikachu, they went in a completely different direction with it, but it was a good movie. Yep. And Sonic the Hedgehog did not suck. Like, I actually mildly enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to seeing the second one. Mm -hmm. Now, it's still just light popcorn fare. But my point is is depending on how Netflix treats these properties with Pokemon and Splinter Cell, I mean, you, you've got you've got properties that are all over the board as as far as the kind of game the kind of games and worlds that they are, and the demographic that they're catered to. Like Sonic is is reaching out to a completely different group of people than Splinter Cell is. Right. So one would hope. One would, hope, yeah. Let's hope there's not. Let's hope they're not building like a weird Netflix video game universe where oh, there's crossovers word. with Splinter Cell. And well, it would just be weird to see Sonic, Sonic and Witcher in the same crossover event. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> it's a talking um, hedgehog. Okay. Kill him. Ca Castle yeah, yeah. <laughs> Castlevania. Oh, he's got gold rings. Take him. Uh, and. It, but um, I can use this in uh, like Castlevania is another example. Now, Castlevania, they like really push that TVMA rating, if you ask me. Well, but I mean, look at the source but material. They, it's not necessarily, yes. you know, flaunting well, through that there daisy. Was, there, was, there was sexuality and there was there was like other it was beyond just the gore aspect of it. There okay. was like there True. was stuff that like I've got a pretty high tolerance for that stuff. So if I'm uncomfortable, that needs to tell you something. But point being like animation wise, story wise, they really did knock it out of the park. I hate to say it. Hmm. So if they can do okay. that again by treating these, these, these properties with the respect that they deserve, I, I think they're going to have a cash cow on their, the, on their hands that may, may put them back in the running as the most in demand streaming platform. But well, you know, we'll something to see. Something, you know, you talked about we're, we're reaching a, a renaissance or, or like the, the advent of, of good movies. Yeah. And, and I wonder if part of the reason that's the case is, I mean, video games are still not that old as an industry. I mean, 40 that's years. That's true. 
Yeah. Now, I mean, granted, I mean, that, that puts you well into middle-aged and I mean, we're, we're rapidly entering into that category. Um, yep. So I do not say that with any small sense of irony, but at the same time, comic books predate that by at least 40 years before that. Cause I mean, That's I think true. of 1980s of when video games kind of started hitting a critical mass as far as societal yep. importance, they existed before yep. that, but like society actually knew comic yep. books, it was 50 sixties. So I'm beginning to wonder, you know, it took comic books a good almost 50 years before their movies kind of found that sweet spot. And I so wonder just, if it's okay, a combination yeah. of nostalgia, but also filmmakers that grew up with the material because okay. when I think of, okay, why does Mandalorian just scream amazing while yeah. other Star Wars properties have been eh? And I think like, <clears throat> I hate to say it, but you're right. Um, John Favreau grew up playing Star yeah. Wars. Dave Filoni mm. grew up playing Star Wars. And so now they are the ones behind the helm. Whereas when I think of all of these video game movies up to this point, it was probably just producers that were told, hey, the kids are into this thing. Go make a movie because we bought the rights. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. Uh, whereas now, like when you look into the behind the scenes of Arcane, these mm-hmm. the developers of the series played the game. So there, mm-hmm. there's a personal connection. And I think whenever there's that personal connection for a filmmaker, they're going to do the subject material justice. That's a great point. There's, there's That's a, a great point. The, the odds yeah. are more likely, I will say. It, it's not always a, a one-to-one because, you know, again, we have Book of Boba Fett as a, a shining turd as an example. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think the combination of we as the audience have the nostalgia value and then B, yeah. filmmakers have it as a personal connection, not just an assignment. I think that's why we're going to see more quality in these. But I hope so. That it's Go if ahead. story remains king, yeah. because yeah. everyone will look at Game of Thrones and say, "Oh, the only reason this took off is because it paid fan service and uh, it, it was uh, the no holds barred because it was HBO." Right. But I will make the argument that that would have gotten a lot of viewers for season one. The reason that season two and three and four had the following it did is because the story had yeah. you on the edge of your seat. And he, yeah. and, and kind of like what we were saying with what makes a great 400 hours of a video game, it kept yeah. you guessing. Like That's I true. did yeah. not know what was going to happen two episodes down the road. Yeah. Like could not predict. I might have ideas. I might, I might yeah. be in the general ballpark, but it kept me guessing. Yeah. And I think one problem with video game movies is that, Kind of like when I watched the movie Valkyrie, which right. I thought was an okay movie, but like when you know that Hitler is gonna die, it almost <laughs> kind of, it kind of t- like, like you know that he's yeah. gonna die anyway. It takes all of the the tension that's, out of a failed that's assassination. Why I never watched Titanic. I was right. like, I, I mean, even no. at thirteen years old, I was like, the boat sinks. We know how this goes. You know, right. so and I, so I'm with like, video game movies, you're kind of <laughs> like, I already know Sonic is going to get the rings and he's going to get Jim. Yeah. Like, so you need to craft a story that use yeah. the same world. You can still like, yeah. like you said, borrow from the art direction. Like you don't have to, yeah. the, the onus of world building isn't nearly as hard for somebody starting from square one, but yeah. you then have the added responsibility of you got to write a good story then. Yeah. Because if you just yeah. if you follow the same hits as what you played in the game, it, it's mm-hmm. having you no know, lasting value. He's like, well, heck, the game was better because <laughs> you told yeah. the exact same story. Yeah, that's a great point. What is that that point about people who are involved in these 
properties now, these films and these TV shows, having played these sorts of things mm -hmm. growing up gives me a ton of hope. I had never thought about that before, that hopefully the people that are steering the ship to some degree have some love for the source material. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider is another good example of that. Like the mm -hmm. movie that came out, I just still did not think was great, but there was a lot of elements that they pulled from the games that was, I was like, you know what, if you had executed this a little bit differently, it might've been a great movie. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully that's, yeah. As long as the studio doesn't interfere too much. Like right. I have heard horror stories like, um, believe it or not, Rob Zombie did an interview on the Joe Rogan show on the Joe Rogan podcast. And he talked about how people could just destroy a movie property because what a lot of, what a lot of people who have power would do is they would see what was popular on at the box office over a weekend. And he, and he started seeing these trends where Friday would roll around and a new movie would come out and then Monday would, would start up and he'd be in like some sort of pre-production meeting and there'd be some producer going, well, what if we did this, this, and this, and what if we saw this? And it was all <laughs> based on whatever was the most popular movie over the weekend. Yep. And he said he was, he got a movie that never got off the ground. Uh, but it was around the time the movie Private Parts came out with Howard Stern. And he was making some sort of movie that had nothing to do with it. It was not the same genre. It wasn't the same uh, style of movie. Nothing. I mean, it's Rob Zombie. So obviously yeah. he's going to be doing something horror related. And he had seen enough of a trend where he was like, I bet they're going to come back and say, what if we did this and the, and sure enough, somebody said, what if we got Howard Stern to have a cameo or something like that in it? <laughs> wow. Just because, just because we can. Mm -hmm. And he said like, there was one producer for another movie that was, he actually would make a good point, but then everything else that came out of his mouth was, was a dog fart because it was, he would Which say something like, the second, yeah, it was just like pure grinder pump backup, baby. And <laughs> it was, it was, he said, he said he would say something like, okay, so the second act doesn't have any real like character in this, the, you know, or, or, um, the climax just doesn't quite rise to get people invested. He would say something like that. And he'd be like, you know what? He's right. He's right. We need to make some sort of fix. But every solution that producer would <laughs> offer up would be horrible. So what if we got somebody to take their shirt off? Or what if, you know, what if there was a, <laughs> what if um, uh, Nazis show up in a tank? This movie is set in 2099. Like, <laughs> you know, that sounds like a load of quap. Sounds like a bunch of quap to me. A bunch of quap. It has nothing to do with the movie. That, that is the stuff that scares me. Like, well, is, yeah. I, as a filmmaker, you're either following a trend or you're setting a trend. Yeah. And the uh, people who set trends are the ones that win Oscars and get remembered. That's true. I mean, that, that's why, to able to. That, that's why to me, a big pet peeve is when they have current event pop culture references in a movie. Cause I'm like, you bought yourself a momentary laugh that in 30 yeah. years is going to be a waste of dialogue. That's a great point. That's another great point. So you either follow a trend or you set a trend. Yeah. That's a great point. The um, just neither here nor there, but that's one of the reasons I love the book, The Born Identity, because the guy mm -hmm. wrote it like in the seventies, I think, but he did such a great job of not time stamping it. Um, and so he, when he was like talking about how somebody picked up a phone or got in a car or something like that, he didn't do 
he did he didn't go in depth on the detail of what the style of the car looked like or what kind of phone he was using or even that it was a landline hmm. so you're able to you're able to picture this more in the present day um at least until the point where we have like you know flying cars like the jetsons and robot maids and stuff like that then it might turn a few heads where you're going this seems kind of old you know he's shooting a gun with bullets and not lasers but until we get to that point it it's it stands up so yeah, you're right. It, it, the the stuff that is, the stuff that is made for posterity's sake, I guess, if you will, or with posterity in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Let me rephrase that. You're you know the stuff that has that is made with story in mind, um, is is. Yeah, there's a. There's, I'm trying to think of the most the, the best way to condense it, but bottom line is story equals posterity. I think you're absolutely right. There is that if you focus on that first, then um, all the other stuff follows. Right, because if if you can resonate with your audience on a truth level, yeah. that doesn't go out of style. Trends That's will true. come and go. Fashion will come and go. Even time periods will come and go. It killed me the other day that I saw someone go like, oh, this movie is a time period piece. It's set in the 90s. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and, and, you know, those things will come and go. And, and, you know, and the Bourne movies will eventually be like, oh, that was a great mid-2000s movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the story of discovering who you are, what is my yeah. identity, and can I live with my own moral compass, that part of Bourne will live on outside yeah, of its, its yeah. mid 2000s shell yeah you nailed it man yeah <laughs> i mean we've discussed everything we can so let's uh let's close this thing off while we're ahead Sounds so good. hey listen thank you so much for listening to this show if uh hey you know we're slowly doubling our, our cast. We had one person last week. Now we had two. Maybe next week we'll actually hit three people on the podcast. Um, so whether sickness or work events or just straight up not answering Discord, hopefully we can get a team of three. Well, I can personally say I have no immediate plans to get sick again. So we'll just, I'll, I, I can commit to being here over the next several weeks. Well, that sounds like a healthy goal. So listen, whatever you're listening on, rate us, subscribe. We love doing this. Hopefully you love listening to it. And we now get to go on the after show with our patrons, which is a great segue to, hey, join our patron. This season, we have made so much opportunity for getting involved. You can listen to the show. We've got people listening right now. Or you can join us live in the after show. We're going to talk more video games, shenanigans, play games. It's lots of fun. So if you like what you heard, there's more coming. Yeah, all the things that Zach said. If you guys are a fan of Discord, uh, join us on Discord. Or if yes. you're a fan of after shows, uh, you can always hang out on the after show. Hopefully, our voices aren't uh, too grating. So they are uh, mellifluous. Yes. Hopefully, I- I'm hoping that we start putting enough out there that like actually raises questions or or gets people to have an opinion on something that we can we can grow that channel. Whoops, we can grow that channel in the podcast even more i'm I'm hoping Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that we raise questions like how much how much gaming is too much or what makes a good property that's gonna actually get people to start expressing their opinion well you know us nerds we have no opinions yes that's what we're known for (laughs) we're known for just quietly sitting in a corner and accepting everything that uh that we're given well hey one given that we know is 
Y'all are awesome. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. Daggum nerds. Bye, everybody. Game over.